First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. By order of the Two Beers Podcast, we offer you a Strasvoigta, a Bienvenidos, and a welcome back. I, I, that, that, that didn't work. Oh well. But welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, The Pod of the Everyman. If you can't tell, we're excited for Peaky dropping. If you're listening to this, Peaky already dropped. Get out there to Netflix. Binge, binge, binge. Whew. I'm Jordan here with Drew. Drew, how you doing this week? Hey, buddy. I'm back. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently my... Uh... My alter ego draw showed up to a podcast last night and was completely out of control for whatever the reason. So, your your uh, your alter ego Drewbert showed up at, at the uh, the two for one. Um, that guy g- game three. It was. I, it was I haven't. I have. I have not listened yet, so I don't know what that guy was all about. But uh, it was. It was intense. But the uh, the half eaten bowl of uh, steakums, peppers, uh, potato salad, and Doritos makes me question what was going on here last night. That just sounds like a witch's brew, and I I commend your plumbing. Um, oh baby, what a week! What a week! What a what a what a seven eight day span we've had here, man! What a freaking heater twenty twenty two is on. Between the binging, the the streaming, the new shows that we content picked up, screens, content screens. Oh my gosh! And boxing's been on a heater. Like they got the this LIV golf we got to get on. Like. 2022 is on one. Holy crap. Um, speaking of on one, let's assume positions for the world famous. Two Bruce salute. Oh, oh, come on. Assume the position now. Three, two, one. Oh, that was a splash. Um, I got here. Helltown Brewing. Helping Hops. 412 412 Food Rescue Brew, New England style IPA, 6.2%. Um, helping hops may ring a bell. I mentioned my buddy Stroh's charity before, um, and he's in the Columbus area and Pittsburgh area. And again, he uh, he started out throwing these crazy like craft beer parties that we had a blast at, and then he basically said, you know what, we spent all this money on craft beer, I'm going to make a charity. Um, and so one of the things his charity did during COVID when they couldn't have parties was they donated, uh, the cost of raw material to breweries who then donated their equipment and their time and their labor. And then when they sell beers like this, the money goes to food banks. So if you see something that says helping hops, go drink it. Anyway, Drew, what are you drinking? Uh, nothing as exciting as that. Uh, just a good old evil genius, Santa, I know him. <clears throat> I know got a, him. Got a couple of these left, so I'm gonna bang them out tonight. By order of the Peaky Blinders. That, that, that's a little bit better. I knew I had it in me. I knew it. All right. Well, let's get into boxing, cause geez, geez, oh man, we got so much to talk about. Uh, we're, dude, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna do this the whole show. Uh, what me just being awesome? Yes. Just like, well, just yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It just changes like every time you do it. It's great. I can't. Well, that was a Pittsburgh accent. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Jeez, so oh man, that was a Pittsburgh. Anyway, anyway, Haney Cambosis. Speaking of accents and down under, um, that came on Saturday night. Um, Haney dominates from the outside with the jab. Uh, pretty much sticks to the script. No, no surprises there. Uh, you and I both got squirrely in our predictions. We just didn't want to believe the the obvious answer. It was the obvious answer. Um, yeah. What was surprising was that Cambosis both couldn't and then never actually appeared to try to go for broke. Um, all the conventional things weren't working. Uh, the, the Porterway podcast, which we love, um, they had an excellent breakdown on how Combosis was just, like, not necessarily out on his front foot, but, like, on his toes, toes on his yeah. back, on his toes on his back and his front foot. So, like, he just couldn't react, and it, it exposed his poor footwork, uh, Haney working at the range he wanted to. But as you and I said at the time, you would think that Combosis is just, like, he would just pull a Leroy Jenkins and just, like, just go. Yeah, just, just like go. run at him. Like just like even if it even if it's super awkward, like do something. Like run in there with your like push him, like grab him, anything. Like you just you just let yourself get picked apart the entire night. Yeah, and you know, we joked around like just put the pole rally, I think is what I called it as. Uh yeah. like just go in, especially when you know, if you're not afraid of Devin's power. power. Yeah. Which maybe he was, but like you know, you had to do something, and, like, whatever he was doing wasn't working. Although, I got to tell you, and I don't know if this is CompuBox or another site, I was actually pretty surprised how close the punches landed to the first six rounds were. I was, too. Um, they were, like, almost neck and neck, and I'm like, it did not feel that way whatsoever. So maybe that, maybe that's why in those last three rounds he didn't. Because maybe he thought, like, he, he could have possibly... Yeah, like, this is nuts. So, like, round, you know, it it's 8-12, or 12-8 Haney, 13-7 Cambosis, 15-5 Cambosis. I, I was shocked that he outlanded it by 10 in any round. Yeah. 14-13 uh, Haney, 11-8 Haney, 10-8 Cambosis. Round seven's where it really got wild. Uh, Haney, 23, Cambosis, 3. 10-6, uh, Haney, 21-7, Haney, 12-6, Haney, 13-3, Haney, and then 11-8, Haney. So he dominates the back half of the fight. And now when I scored it, I, I think I had it 118-109. I gave Cambosis two rounds. Yeah, I, I, I was right there with you. I, it was either two or – I think I had two as well, maybe – three but i thought two but anyway. yeah but i guess but look and again i don't know if this is copy box i just this was a uh this was something that haney uh retweeted this picture i have um boxing habit maybe i don't know but either uh e either way uh, it, it, it was a little bit close so maybe that again maybe that's why like maybe the corner was like oh you know we've had close rounds and haney again haney didn't really land a lot of power shots so you know that's kind of how sometimes Sometimes if you're not doing power shots and you're not coming forward, judges might lean to the other guy. But you know, I, I thought Haney whitewashed him, and you know, a lot of a lot of people that are talking about, oh, you know, Haney was boring, he didn't take him out, blah blah blah. Cambosis is a below average fighter. It's like, listen, or he's an average fighter. 
even if you want to say Cambosis was an average fighter, Haney executed his game plan and made him look below average. Yeah. I mean, like, he, just, he just dominated him. It was yeah, the did. varsity. It was the varsity versus JV. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think that Cambosis is on the level of a guy where it's like, you know, when you're that, you're that, you're that good, you, you should be able to get him out of there. Like Haney's just not that kind of fighter, and I don't think Cambosis is that kind of like it wasn't a. This wasn't a. It wasn't sh- set up for yeah, what you and I th- predicted going in. Basically. Yeah, I was gonna say this wasn't like a Shakur, uh, you know, Nakatilia, where you know Shakur was just absolutely clowning him, and he just didn't care to go after him. And I think he had the skill set to do it. Like to me, it's it's that's not that kind of situation. But yeah, man, Devin, go. Prost to Devin. Like I said, he took you know. Dazone, they can say what they want. They didn't care enough to get him the fight because they didn't. They they, just, they yeah. weren't willing to push hard enough. They just weren't willing to for yeah, whatever exactly. reason. Yeah, exactly. Because of you know UK pay per view, right? Whatever that, whatever it was, the top rank was willing to do to get Loma the fight. Dazone was not willing to do it, and any Hearn. So you know, Devin steps in. He takes Loma's deal because Loma's out in the Ukraine at war, and uh, he goes over to Australia. Whatever they want to do, you know. Every, every, basically every signs on the dotted line takes whatever the deal yeah. is in order to yeah. get the fight. And he made, I mean, listen, he made, he, he made 3 million for the fight and he's going to get 30% of the pay-per-view. So it's not, yeah, you know, a lot of people are acting like he made like, no, he, he only made a couple hundred thousand dollars on this. You know, he's probably going to get five, $6 million total for this fight. Yeah. Um, when he break, well, maybe I don't know the paper money, but whatever. Um, probably, yeah. Well, I mean, again, he, you know, pay-per-view though. What's that? No, well, well it, was, it wasn't pay per view yeah, in the right, U.S. Right. Overseas, yeah. it was. Um, which you would think they're overseas. You'd get some. You get. You'd get a lot of money over there because they probably take boxing more seriously with those guys. Yeah, but, but hey, it's not one of their guys, though. Yeah, so. and he went into and he went into enemy territory, and uh, yeah, he silenced the crowd. Crowd, crowd wasn't even a factor because they. No, it was Campos, like one round in the middle, like six or seven or something like that, where they yeah, like Camp- started Campos's, to get into it, and hey, he didn't give him a. He didn't give him anything. He just didn't give him anything to get excited about. So, so good for Devin. And again, I think we both thought Devin. Yeah, you know, I I thought it, they might get they get make, it might become a draw. And Ply had a, I hold a, I had a whole uh, year year out plan of the lightweight division, and uh, you thought Haney would get the stoppage. But yep, yeah, so he got it. He's he's the undisputed, no dispute, uh, lightweight 135 pound champion of the world. So. You know, good on him. Yeah. So the only the only drama was this ridiculous like back and forth of like his dad yelling at like Cambosis' dad post fight, which was so fun because I was about to be like, damn man, this is good good for Bill Haiti. Like this is like you're letting your son have his moment. Like this is like how this should work, not like you know our favorite uh, t- <laughs> team team to uh, kind of thing. And then Devin's dad starts like screaming at Cambosis' dad. I'm like, what? what? Just come on, Bill. Oh, that didn't last. No, no, it didn't. It was just funny. That was the only. Uh, that was like the the that was the most. Uh, what do you call it? Entertainment that that came there at that point. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, and we'll see what happens. Cambosis has a rematch clause. I mean, there's zero reason in the world why he wouldn't take it. Um, you know, that's a good point, Drew. Because immediately everybody on Twitter, there's no reason to do a rematch. There's no do- reason to do a rematch, and it's like, well, hold on a minute, like. Yeah. Why? Why can't Cambosis come in with a better game plan and like better execution the next time? Like, I I still think Devin wins yeah. with a similar game plan, but like, 
you so Cambosis can't find ways to like go for broke and improve and try and do better next like what why like you you think he's just automatically going to do the exact same thing like, yeah well it's like the same thing with like joshua Usyk, wilder fury it's like yeah well listen he's there's millions of dollars as to why he's gonna do it because the fight in per the contract it's got to be in australia um i don't know if he, i don't know if the purses are already set i, I doubt i mean I, I i i can't see how he would make you know he'd get a seven yeah he'd get yeah. the 70 30 split again as the now the challenger but yeah, like there's, I think there's zero reason for not to happen. Maybe, maybe if you know, you know the only way it wouldn't, ha- the only thing that's not going to happen, have to pay him step aside money. I was going to say, well, not only that, but like he, uh, you know, it may, if if Australia, if it if it ends up, if they don't think that people would come out for another one, then maybe it happens in the U.S. instead. Well, or in like that, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't a very lively crowd. Maybe they just say, let's take it somewhere with a better crowd anyway and somewhere where we can make more money. So, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they go over to Saudi or somewhere like that. But well, uh, so we'll see. But I mean, I, I was going to say everyone's like, oh, what should hate you next? What should you do? I was like, there is no what should, he, he has no control over what he does next. Like, it's all up to Cambosis. If he if he exercise because and Devin keeps saying, oh, it's got to make sense. It's like, yeah, like he's going to exercise the clause if you try not to do it. He's going to he's going he's going to sue you and Devin has said it and so i don't know like i think he's i think he personally is there but he's trying to like cover the tracks for like his handlers i think but even Devin has said like hey he gave me the shot yeah i i I need to give him the shot and that's like yeah fair is fair yeah so it's and it's yeah it's again but regardless it's again it's in the contract it's it's on it's on paper and it's yeah they signed it so it is it is what it is um yeah, so we'll 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 see. So we got we got. Congrats Chris. to Devin. He's he's great. Yeah, no, dude, he's 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 an easy guy to root. We as I said, we've always rooted. We we've been defending Devin since uh, a while now. Yeah, man. Just when people, everyone was calling him boring and this and that. You know, he's got a weak chin, all that and, shit. And like, if for the casuals, yeah, I understand why why you say he's boring because he doesn't get big knockouts. I get it, but like, if you enjoy watching solid boxing, like. He's awesome. Like, what? What is there to complain about? Yeah, like, yeah. It's be be mad at be mad at the guys that he's fighting against that they're not good enough to make him have to find uh, the next to do. Know, yeah, to do anything the next other level than just or do something different. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Like, be mad at Jojo Diaz. Be mad at George Campbell. Be mad at those guys who who just aren't good enough to get past the initial wave. Yeah. yeah so that's, um, that's all we got, sweet. man. All right, uh, a couple other fights this past weekend. Um, we'll try and move these through because we want to do our pound for pound again here. Um, Fulton, uh, Stephen Fulton, baby. Yeah, beat what a um, show. Was it Roman? Was that Roman? Yeah, yeah. Former former champion. So I mean, it was supposed to be his toughest test, and he just made made Roman look elementary. Quite, quite honestly, um, about halfway through the fight, I, I switched and turned over to, to Haney. So I'll let you take take this one from here yeah like fulton um and it was funny with the last time we saw him he fought uh what's his name figueroa uh for to unify unify their two 122 titles and that was a you know toe-to-toe just hey just guys just throwing throwing punches all you know just all standing in the middle of the ring against ropes not a ton of not a ton of boxing skill uh, was involved in that fight, which was just an interesting approach for both guys. 
not the case Saturday. People, this, you know, people thought this was going to be a close fight that Roman was going to really challenge him. Um, you know, we might get, you know, we might get a split decision. Man, Stephen Fulton put on a clinic. Defense. He was really Floyd like, where like he he was he was very good defensively, but he was you know he was like aggressive offensively, like Pretty Boy Floyd. But then anytime Roman would get a little flurry. Fulton always responded with counter punches. So like if if Roman would would hit him twice, Fulton would at least get one quick punch in before, you know, getting pivoting out of out of uh out of the pocket to to reset and and start his uh his offense. So really good. I think I gave Roman one round of that fight, which is funny and I, I yeah, as I uh, they tried to they tried to um not scatter, stagger, uh, stagger the ESPN card and Showtime so that we wouldn't, you know, fans wouldn't miss anything. So I was, I was doing the cards the last like two rounds as soon as the Haney fight was was starting. So um, I was only half paying attention to the eleven and a half and twelfth rounds. But yeah, I mean Fulton was awesome. Um, I've had him on my pound for pound. I think he's really good, and I. He, him, him, and the guy we're going to talk about next. I just after they after they clean out their respective divisions, if they can, I'd love to see those guys probably on a collision course. I'd and love to see. Yeah, I'd love to see them we, fight. But you know, Fulton may uh, he may move up to one twenty six, so we may not even get a get a chance at that. Though I think that's a a huge money fight over in japan japan yeah so and again ne- next fight we're t- gonna be talking about is in a way who uh the monster who they, what we woke up uh tuesday morning uh on espn plus the the fight started about 8 a.m um it was supposed to start sometimes 7 7 30 and it was about 8 a.m by the time that uh, the, the the bell rang on the first round and hope you didn't blink because it did not last long um in a way, it goes in there against Nonito Donaire, the Filipino Flash, uh, Hall of Famer, big upset versus uh, Uwabi or whatever his, his name was, uh, who had a belt. <coughs> um, Excuse me. God Sorry. bless you. And um, he, uh, you know, basically was, yeah, unification. Um, and it was supposed to be a tough fight. This, is, this was a rematch for them. They fought three years ago. And Donaire... Broke Inoue's nose and his orbital bone, and you know it was a close match. Inoue won by decision, decision, and this one was supposed to give us more of the same. And nope, as as we, <laughs> nope. you and I were joking that uh, we we had covered uh, previewed this match appropriately because we said I don't know, I think he's just gonna go in there and trounce him and kill him, like because the Donair is now like friggin' forty years old. Sure enough. Uh, knocks him down in the first round, absolutely spaghetti legs him in the second round, and finishes the show. Uh, knocks him down again. The ref waves it off. Not doesn't even give Donaire a count. I mean, in a way, he's just he's just amazing. He's he's I, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, Don and Donaire was even like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad the ref stopped it because I I just would have kept getting up and would have just gotten really hurt. Yeah, um, so that was impressive. Um, I, I honestly, 
in a way, just feels like he's not beatable right now, and I don't know where he goes he, from here. He just has such unusual power for that lower for a lower weight class. And he's got the power, and then you know, he's got power, speed, and the one thing that usually neutralizes some of that stuff. He's got that too. Timing, like it's timing, just, foot movement, yeah, head movement, um, everything. Yeah, exactly. He's just yeah. He's like I said, he's really good. Um, people what was now- crazy was that? Sorry, just get into the nuts and bolts of it a little bit. Like Don Air, look came out and looked like he didn't look old. He looked super fast, and I'm I was yeah, just like, I- oh man, like what's Inoue gonna do with this kind of speed? And like he was faster. Like his check hooks is what got uh, Don Air into trouble, and he just freaking. I don't know how he was faster, but and he just landed those right on the top of the head in that temple, and to to as Tim Bradley says, hit him in the equilibrium and just it was incredible. I I don't know how he was. I thought he was gonna have to jab his way to keep to neutralize that speed, but with the check hook, he just went right over the 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 sailing punches of Dunair, and I, I I just couldn't believe it. I was beside myself. Yeah, and now I was just gonna say, and now everyone's like, oh, what do you? Everyone's blowing up in a way. You fought a forty year old guy. It's like nobody nobody was talking about Dunair that way before this fight happened, man. Yeah, it exactly. Was, it, every everybody was talking about how this this could be fight of the year kind of stuff. Yep, everybody exactly. So except for the Two Beers podcast, who correctly said in a way was going to knock his block off. Yep. Um, so it, immediately everyone starts uh, basically hyping Inoue up for pound for pound king. Um, we'll get there in a second. Uh, just wanted to talk about uh, this upcoming weekend briefly um, before we dive into the pound for pound discussion. But uh, this weekend, uh, no big fights, a little bit of a breather, but. Our boy Berlanga is fighting this weekend. Um, he's uh, fighting. Um, oh crap! The guy's name is uh, Ro- uh, Romer Angulo. Um, and Drew, I just wanted to touch on this briefly because you're not going to believe the odds. You ready for this? Uh, yeah, hit me with it. Berlanga. What what do you think what do you think his odds should be? In this fight? Yeah. Probably like plus You mean minus. He's Yeah, favorite. sorry. Minus 800. Yeah, that I that's, I kind of thought somewhere between minus 800 and minus like 1300, right? He's minus 276. And Angulo's plus 220. Yeah, well, I guess his last his last few performances he's uh yeah, look mediocre. Yeah, and I get that, but Angulo is like thirty eight, thirty nine, and I, I like I after I saw these odds, I was like, okay, maybe I gotta do a little bit of research here. And I went and watched Angulo's last couple fights. He is so passive, and just like such low output. I don't know why these odds are like this. Hmm. I'm, I'm missing something. Yeah. What, what do you think the over under is? Uh, well, I well. Better question. Uh, how many rounds? How many rounds is it? Yeah, how many rounds um, is it? Uh, I, I have it at eight and a half, but um, he's the headliner, so I mean, I'm assuming it's. Uh, well, if it's eight and a half, then it's probably ten. I mean, well, I mean, I, I 
the la- his last fight I thought was only what eight. I think it was only eight rounds. Was it ten? Hold on. Uh, last one was ten. This one's also ten. All right, yeah, so ten rounds. Yeah, so yeah, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. yeah, which is nuts considering. Like, why is he not fi- fighting? <laughs> at one oh. point, at one point, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he went what sixteen in a row, first round knockouts. Yeah. And this is fight one, two. This is his third fight, I guess. He's nineteen and zero with sixteen knockouts. Yeah, so he's had three fights since the streak ended. Yeah. So his first, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, the first one he looked okay. He fought the one dude who he knocked him down like eight times, and it went the distance. The yeah. second fight is where he tore his bicep. Yeah. And then there was last. The Steve last Rolls was a was a KG veteran who uh, took him the distance. Yeah. So. Oh, come on, box wreck. Um. I think Berlinga wins. I think what I think what's important for him here is he's got to get back on track. Uh, he has to look good and you know he needs to like these are fights where you need to be like polishing things like your footwork defense like it's fine that you're you know you're uh you're a power puncher you knock guys out but you know when you're facing a certain level of competition you shouldn't be getting you shouldn't get hit cleanly you know like xander's a great example where like xander all these fights, like, right now, like, yeah, like, he's better than these guys, but, you know, he is just dying. He's hitting them, and he's not getting hit. So it's like he's working all these things, and, like, you know, he's destroying people like he should be, but like, you can see as he works on things and he doesn't get, like, Berlanga has kind of gone the opposite here. So I think it's important for him to try to do that in this fight. I, I will say, like, the one thing that's – starting to get annoying about it like he 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 i think over his last fight he's like ah you know people said i need to get rounds and then i got rounds and people are criticizing me and this that and the other thing um it's like yeah like it's one thing to get rounds because knockouts won't sustain you but like you're not looking good in the like you're not looking good in these rounds and that's kind of the bigger the bigger issue it's like you're getting your rounds in but like it he easily could have had a draw or lost that last fight yeah like easily Yep. So, you know, I think if he gets – and this – I think about uh, Ali Walsh because, like, these – it's kind of interesting. These two have the same kind of thing. Like, like they they have a bigger following than they probably should just because of who they're – you know, different aspects of them. Like, Ali Walsh, right, he's Muhammad Ali's grandson, so he's got the name. They're pushing him. And he, at least after his fights, like, he acknowledges that. And he says, listen, I, I get it. Like, you know, I'm, we're trying to work on things. I know that, you know, I'm not going to – there's not going to be a lot of patience with uh, with me just given, you know, you know, you know, my situation. But, you know, he kind of he kind of embraces it and gets it, whereas Berlanga, like, is always trying to hang out with, like, Fat Joe and, like, all these celebrities and, you know, the fur coats and, like – then he like gets mad when like people are like criticizing him. So it's like Ali Walsh is doing a much better job of like kind of handling these rushed expectations. Whereas like Berlanga now is like he's doing all that stuff, but then he doesn't look good in the ring and he's getting all you know he's getting all worked up when he's getting criticized. So this is a big one. He's at, he's he's gonna be at the house the Tio built. So uh, you know he'll have some home cooking in New York, 
And uh, it's a shame we were supposed to get Xander on this card, but he got sick and uh, and he had to pull out. So hopefully he uh, he gets better. And uh... yeah, which he was heartbroken that he yeah. couldn't be the headliner. He was he was crying, and I mean, I, I think I sent you one young fellow. You don't have to cry. Like everyone gets sick. Don't yeah. don't worry about it. Number two, I love it. Like you gotta love the heart. Like the kid's fighting like nine times in nine months, and he yeah. cries because he's missing one, and it's yeah. just like just. A hat tip to you for caring. Like that's that's yeah. what you want out of your athletes. You want them to care. Yep. So like again, it's like a little bit of a cringy look to cry about it. But like you know what though, he just cares. He just cares. So, um, on that note, you know Xander one day will be pound for pound king. So let's you you ready to jump into basically rejigger our pound for pounds after. Oh boy! After a lot of flurries, I mean, we just did them a couple months ago, and and we've had like five unification fights. Not, it, since not then, even so. a couple. A month, May eighth. Oh gosh, it's been a month. We've had probably three unifications since then. Yeah, you want to? Uh, let's go every other. We'll get through this. Okay. All right. Number one, go. Uh, I am keeping Crawford as my number one. I am as well. Number two. Uh, I am bumping up in a way to my number two. Woohoo! Wow, really? Yeah, I guess after my third one, I'll I'll express right. my theme. I'll express my theme after my third one. Interesting. All right, I uh, I still have Usyk at number two. Okay. Number three. Number three. This is where people are gonna hate me, but I don't care. Uh, I have Fury at number three. Well, you had you had Fury at two, so like that's why I, I you you moved Inouye up like four spots. I did, yeah. Okay. Well, Fury fought Dillian White and knocked him out, so good job. Uh, but that was expected. Yeah. In a in a way, went up against another belt holder who everyone expected to give him a hell of a fight and embarrassed him. So hmm. that's if you want to move up spots, that's what you have to do, and that's what he did. So I got Fury at three. Okay. Okay. Uh, I still have Canelo at three. Yeah, I mean that's that feels right. Yeah, and I mean my, uh, you know my my list. I I always put a big emphasis on guys that have gone up and down weight classes and performed at high levels. Since that's kind of always been. I mean, I know everyone has a different criteria for pound for pound. But for well, me, that's kind of the traditional sense of it. So that's well, kind of where I think, I think the traditional sense of pound for pound, like the old school way of like, okay, based on these guys' skill set and punching power, if they weighed the same and fought each other, yeah. like, how would that play out? Yeah, and so I, that's what I'm saying. Like I always, I look at the guys that actually can do that and have done it, and say so, yeah, that's why I always kind of put a little more weight. Well, on see some that, of these but guys. that's why I br- I I knocked Canelo down from one to four because he tried to go up and weight and couldn't do it against someone who people were calling a cherry pick of a champion instead of better be of. Yeah. So that's, fine. that's, that's where I think some of the luster came off. But my first three in my mind, I don't see how anybody's beaten those top three. Gotcha. Uh, Cro- Crawford in fury Crawford undefeated. He unifies 140. I, I, I keep saying it. He goes to 147 and he's not undefeated at 147. He's eight. No, with eight KOs. Like just, yeah. he, he just KO a hundred percent KO at the weight class. Yeah. Like, so that's why I got Crawford, Inouye, and Fury as my one, two, three. I just, I don't see how any, there's nobody in their weight classes or in the surrounding weight classes that could beat any of those guys right now. Yeah. 
Um, which leads me to four. Like I said, Canelo. I hate to drop him from one to four from from him trying to be great and going up to a weight class. It's the but way at it the works. same time, like you, you've just shown that the weight for you matters, and so yeah, I I, I went I put him to four. Okay, uh, I have I moved Inouye up from five to four after okay. after yesterday or okay. two days ago. Yeah, um, five. I have Usyk. It feels terribly low, but like I just those are the, I just told you my reasons for one through four. So yeah, I got I got Usyk at five. That's that. That's probably the only thing I would just shake my head at yet because I don't get that, but that's fine. Um, I have Spence. Spence dropped from four to five on mine. Um, okay. Well, I have Spence at six. Again, you. It feels like I have guys either too low or too high, but if it was flipped, it would feel the same way. So, yeah. uh, I got Spence at six. He's. Uh, I have I have Tyson Fury at six. Seven, new to my rankings. Uh, I got Jermel Charlo. I mean, he goes and just looks great against Castaño, who already gave him a great fight. Um, not undefeated, but you know what? He's undisputed. And so, um, I mean, he's just... I, I don't know how someone could be undisputed and knock out their best competition, and you don't have them in, in your pound for pound. So, And a lot of people don't. I do. Yeah, uh, uh, hey, that's fine. Yep, here you go. Uh, number seven, uh, I bumped up Shakur Stevenson from Wow, eight you to got seven. him high. I do. Um, I do. Number eight, I have Haney. And again, I think I had Kambosis at seven on my last list. Um, so Haney goes in and takes takes all the belts from Kambosis. As all the reasons we just talked about earlier, goes on the road, takes the takes the fight, et cetera, et cetera. That's another guy who doesn't necessarily look beatable at the moment. Although I'm, he, he hasn't been pressed in in a way, yeah, to make us wonder. I guess to show us what where the weaknesses are. But um, at age twenty three, I got I got Haney at number eight. Yeah, and I I uh, I've got Lomachenko at number eight. Um, because I dropped him from seven to eight this time, just because I thought Shakur's looked just you know fantastic his last few you know his last few fights, I mean his whole career. Uh, I just I guess he doesn't have a belt, but you know he was number one, lost one fight, came back and demolished two like ranked fighters. Um, like I I, I can't drop I, I'm not I don't I'm not dropping him completely out of my top ten. Like you're not going from yeah. one to out. At that point, so yeah, I, I get it. Um, I mean, I, I think we're just a lot of like people... Devin, like like yeah, like I just like I get it. Like okay, cool, Devin won. He's undisputed at one thirty five, but like I, I'm not putting him on pound for pound just because of that. Just like okay. when Tio got on there, it's like all right, like I don't really know that you need you should necessarily be on there just because you beat one good guy. Yeah, but Devin's been building this for a while now for me. I mean, no, it's fine. He, yeah, I, he's been yeah, stepping. He's been stepping up every fight. And like with me moments. again, with and another thing with, with like Devin and again even with Cambosis and Tia, this guy, like again they've only fought at one weight class, so like you know they haven't moved it's up fine. the chains. Yeah, it's so. fine. Um, and 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 you know I I think a lot of people are gonna have Loma way down or out. Um, yeah, which I get, but but, but to your yeah, I mean, and, but and, he was and, one. I get he was one. Like it's insane to me that like oh you're, he's number one. Just like with a kid, because was he the, number one at the time that Tio beat him? Yeah, he was number one. He was number one. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's a good point. Um, number nine, I have Shakur. Nice, nice. Uh, number nine, I have Charlo. Nice. Um, and my number ten, I have Tank. And uh, this was tough, but I had to put him in. Uh, my number ten's Fulton. I have him as my next man, next man out, and I have, I actually have Loma down to twelve at this point. Tank, tank is my, it, it paid because I've had Tank in there the last like three we've done. I, I, I actually penalized him for fighting Raleigh because yeah, he had no business being in a ring with uh, Raleigh. I, li- I like that. Yeah, so, I like that. um, and I love Tank, uh, but and Fal- all this spin job on Raleigh Romero being good, just yeah, I, just, I just stop can't and like faulted. And and it was tough because for me, I you know I just think that Fulton, Fulton fought the best in his weight class to unify. He just dominated another guy, and he just looked sensational. And while like I love Tank, and he has moved up from what one thirty, one thirty five, one forty. Um. Yeah, like you just fought, you fought Riley Romero. Why? So I penalized um, him. And Josh Josh Taylor also fell out of my rankings just because. He looked bad in his last fight, and he dropped one of the belts. And yeah, just he he needs he he needs to get a good showing here. His next fight. Um, and ESPN put their updated ones out recently, and they actually had uh, Bivol in there. At, I think seven or eight um, for beating Canelo. Again, that that makes sense. You beat the number one pound for pound guy. Um, so I we and we tweeted about this, but like. Honestly, like, if you're getting mad over someone's pound-for-pound rankings, why? Because (laughs) there's so many good guys right now that, like, there's honestly no wrong answers. Like, like, you have Loma in there, I have Loma out. Like, I explained why I have other guys ahead of Loma. Like, is that wrong? Like, I have Usyk down at five instead of two or three. Like, is that wrong? Like, there's just so many good guys right now. And, like, we're getting so many good fights it's it's just we're boxing is in such an awesome place right now and we're we're getting good fights and we're going to be getting even better fights coming up like it's incredible really is um anyway so that's 37 plus minutes on boxing so and it was good i i thought we moved through everything super fast quite honestly we covered like five different boxing things but um good stuff which leads us to our next thing that we wanted to dive deep on the liv golf the live golf um the saudi league um i i don't know man i'm 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 definitely starting to waver on this um like i get i get this side where it's like hey the saudis are bad people they murdered the journalist Khashoggi and carried his body out in pieces of that consulate and, and maybe that's enough for everyone or anyone to say, screw this, I don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. I get it. But this Saudi investment fund also has invested in, like, Uber, Disney, Citibank. Uh, like, this fund has invested in, like, a crap load of stuff. So, like, I, I think it's totally disingenuous disingenuous to for these reporters to say to these golfers you signed up for this league you now work for the uh saudi investment fund which means 
you are now a mouthpiece for their policies. What? Why are you okay with this? Okay, this is what I want these reporters to do. Go down to Disney World, go up to freaking Cinderella, and ask Cinderella, the LIV, or I'm sorry, the Saudi Investment Fund has invested in Disney. Why do you support their 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 atrocities? That's fair. Go, go ask Cinderella that. Go ask Goofy that. Okay. Go ask Mickey. Oh boy, go ask Mickey why why he supports them. Oh, that's um, good. Solid, solid work by you. <laughs> it's just like, look, they're freaking golfers that are getting paid astronomical amounts of money. Like, I, the it's all fair questions. I don't think it's fair to put these guys on the spot. That's just my opinion. Um. But I, I I thought there was a very interesting exchange when they somebody was grilling Phil Mickelson, and they were like, "Look, you these these are the people you said you were using as leverage against the PGA, and you're now working for them. Like, how does that work?" Hmm. And Phil Mickelson's response was so ridiculous. He was like, "Yeah, I've said things publicly in the past, and I need to learn just to say those privately." And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, you're not even apologizing for it. You're yeah. just saying, like... <laughs> That's great. It, it, it's just like, oh, where, my gosh. Uh, what, like, what, where, where are these people going? Are they going to play, uh, like, in America? So that, that, so where, are they, that, where are they playing? So that's a great point. So um, the first tournament here is in London. It started today. It's kind of hard to watch a little bit, actually. So they're, they're, I guess it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They only play 54 holes. It's a shotgun start, so it's over in, like three or four hours um they started in london it's going to be mainly in america there's going to be one tournament in saudi arabia Hmm. one tournament in thailand and bangkok uh there's at least there's only like seven events and at least two of them are trump's golf courses and like i hate political talking about political stuff on this podcast i think it is interesting that like and we got to travel in the way back machine all the way back to 2020 when Trump was president. And like there was this whole pissing match between Russia and Saudi Arabia on this oil deal. Cause a, hey, um, also spoiler alert, America buys like 5% of its oil from Saudi Arabia and OPEC. So, <laughs> so like, and not only that, but like, okay, we have, we have an embassy in Saudi Arabia, like, and Trump brokered a deal between Russia and Saudi Arabia because they were having this pissing match about oil. So, and then here we are a couple years later, and like this, the Saudi golf tournament has a couple tournaments on Trump's golf courses. Like, that's a little weird. Like, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I'm assuming that he negotiated those after he was president, but like, that's that could be a conf. I, don't, I mean, that's I don't know. That's that seems weird, but uh. It seems like potentially law breaking, maybe. I don't know. Mm. But um either way, uh, you know, it's it's I don't it's not going anywhere. Like people saying this is gonna flame out, like one thing I've learned in business is like people don't put this kind of money into something and it flames out in like five years. It's just not gonna happen. Um you know, Greg Norman, the shark, has reported that they've offered Tiger Woods high nine figures. So I'm assuming somewhere between 500 million and 750 million to join. Tiger Woods has not joined. Here's my here's my criticism of LIV, and then my prediction. Okay. 
the thing about golf is like what makes it what makes the drama is like the back nine the final pairing the final two three four pairings on the back nine coming down the stretch the blow for blow right and so when when that happens on the leaderboard like guys can see the leaderboard leaderboard the fans can see the leaderboard everyone knows who has what holes left and like that builds the drama on a final sunday match right mm-hmm. on this on this thing where it's a shotgun start so there is no final pairing um and so all of the scores are changing simultaneously i don't like there's no back i guess there's a back nine but like it's a shotgun start so how i don't think this this format is going to be able to promote the type of moments that make golf good like okay. in terms of like the dra- dramatization coming down the stretch that being said here's my bold prediction i think let's see what where are we now june of 2022 i think by end of 2025 this league is a lot more normalized because again like we're already doing a bunch of business with this with the saudis as you said about the boxing like they've had boxing they've had mma in saudi arabia like the wwe's been over there like there's a lot of people that have been taking money from the saudis for a lot of different things i think i think a lot of this blows over i think they changed the format a little bit uh, and there's certain tweaks and again there's there is a team component to this by the way i think they on top of having a limited schedule on top of having only 54 holes i think they sweeten the pot they allow them to have carts i think by the end of 2025 tiger woods jumps over to the liv golf and live golf and i think the pga tour shits his pants when that happens because they're gonna have to do. They're gonna have to take a lot of defensive measures, and like do a lot to get the the top players to stay. Because I think once that floodgate opens of Tiger, yeah, what are they gonna do? Like the money that these guys are gonna start making. Like what are they gonna do? Because if you're one of the best players in the world and you're on the PGA Tour and making like, okay, say you make twelve million during the year and you win the FedEx Cup for another ten million, mm-hmm. and that's what 20 couple million what are you going to do when there are guys over there making 20 million you know like 10 million in a tournament 20 like signing 50 million dollar contracts 100 million dollar supposedly phil mickelson got 200 million at age 50 or whatever and dustin Uh, johnson got 125 million just to go over there wow what do you yeah like what are you gonna do like if you're if you're like i'm better than phil mickelson like, <laughs> if you're if you're like, you know, Rory is very much against it. But like, if you're like, I don't, Scotty Scheffler or something, like, I I don't know, man, I don't know. It's it's a it's I think it's a way bigger threat than people realize, and it's not necessarily good though because of the f- format. But maybe they tweak the format, and make it a little more interesting. But stay tuned. I think Tiger gets over there. That's, that would that's be crazy. My big, that's my big prediction. Because I, I, he, I, he's going to ch- keep trying to play on this bum leg. And he's I think he's slowly going to realize, like, I ain't winning a major. Like, I, I got to walk 72 holes. Like, this leg is shot. 
and it, I think he, he's let like, me just you know get, what? Let me just let me just get nine hundred million and call it a day. Yeah, if I get five hundred million and I only have to play seven times a year, and they let me use a cart and it's only three rounds instead of four, like, yeah, like guess what? Tiger's Is that thing they let him use carts? That's my prediction. Oh, gotcha. That's my prediction. They're like, in the next three years, to sweeten the pot to get Tiger, they're gonna be like, hey, and you could use carts, like. You think? How about John? Da- I bet John Daly goes over in the next twelve months. Why wouldn't anybody pay to go see John Daly over there yucking it up? You know, it's a good point. Anyway, that's that's my that's the, that's my thought on what's going to happen there. Like it. Then they get Vern Lundquist, and, and then they they have a tournament of the water at Waterbury Waterbury Open. I don't know what that is. That's the tournament with Happy Gilmore. Oh. <laughs> I was and like, Vern, L- Vern Lundquist is who the hell is Happy Gilmore? <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, all right. Moving on. Um, let's do a little MLB suicide squeeze here before we get to the NBA. Not not a lot to talk about on MLB other than a, t- a tale of two two teams on two separate coasts. Uh, the LA Angels and the Philadelphia Phillies, both teams go into a deep slide. Both teams fire their coach. The Phillies have now won what eight in a row? Uh, I believe today is seven. They won again today for eight in a row. I thought. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, there you go. and then the Angels have lost what fourteen in a row now. Fourteen. I mean, they they tried to summon the souls of Nickelback, where all their players came out to Nickelback. <laughs> uh, they fired Joe Madden, and they just cannot. And, and it's crazy because Mike Trout is still out there doing Mike Trout things. Like his his OPS is nine ninety. Like he's right there. Which again, I'm not watching a lot of baseball because the Pirates suck. But like they're, they're up they're five actually, one. They're up five one right now. So they're actually they're actually hovering around five hundred, which is bizarre. But um, and they keep calling up a bunch of rookies, but uh, I keep checking like league stats and box scores and everything, and like I, I just uh, league league OPSs and, and and offensive output is way down this year. There's only like two or three guys with an OPS over a thousand. There's only like ten guys, maybe less, with an OPS of nine hundred or better. Which is at this point in the season is like unheard of, um, and guess what? Mike Trout still OPS nine ninety. Like he's still like Hall of Fame, just outputting for yeah. a dozen straight years, and they still suck. The MLB expands the playoffs to get this mother effer in, the, in playoffs. the playoffs. You can't get and there. Fourteen game slide. How are you going to come back from that? Like for crying out loud. But hey, kudos to your Phillies. I saw Schwarber. Hit his fifteenth, and and Harper hit his fifteenth. You know who else has an OPS around nine ninety? Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. Well, That's can right. I can I give you the numbers? Yeah, sure. So not only is Harper on pace to have a better season than his MVP season last year, not only is he playing with a torn UCL in his elbow, by the way, which I'm pretty sure in baseball you need your elbow to like swing a bat and throw a pretty, ball. Pretty pretty critical. Uh. So far, and this is this is not updated for tonight. He's batting 306, 14 homers, 44 RBIs, six stolen bases, and yes, a 992 OPS. 
Yeah. He's basically like he's he's either top top ten or top twelve in every offensive category. Like with a torn UCL. Uh this this guy is just dude, he's so good, man. I just hope they make a move to just sure up that pitching man and the bats just come alive and they just make this run here for the wild card. So the Mets I, I don't I don't think the Mets are gonna choke this one away. Uh well never say never with them. <laughs> But uh, I, day's coming up. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite day of the year. Um, yeah, so I think uh, I, I, yeah, I, he's just he's just so good, man. People that hate on him, you're just losers. Um, speaking of, you know, we we called this segment the MLB Suicide Squeeze, but we were joking. Like, it's kind of crazy how like sports it just casually threw around the term suicide, right? Yeah. Like, the suicide squeeze, running suicides in basketball is just like, okay, we just chill out here on like the, the killing yourself uh, commentary. Anyway, um, but let's move right along here because we, we still have a ton to talk about. Um, Moving along. NBA, anything you want to add to what we what we cover? We, we've been covering, we're obviously, three game three. We've had two, three two-for-ones out there. Uh, we've been killing it. Um, you want, want anything else? Say anything else on that? No, nah, I mean just thinking about the game again last night. Um, you know, Steph, uh, you know, doesn't score in the final eight minutes of the fourth quarter of a close game. Just, it just can't happen, man. That that can't happen. Uh, Kerr, it's funny. People are obviously the two beers effect. People listen and steal of our ideas. Kerr sitting Curry at the start of these fourth quarters in the NBA Finals, especially when Boston is rolling out Tatum and Brown, is is nuts. Like, if you if you if you don't want him playing over certain minutes, like just find more times to sit him in the second in the first half. Uh, you know, the guy's your best player right now. Obviously, he's the best. He's probably, arguably he's been the best player in the series minus fourth quarters. Like, you got to play him, and. Uh, Draymond just he he needs to just he needs to have a a LeBron James 2016 like snap moment. I remember LeBron people forget like LeBron's jump shot was so broken that entire playoffs, and then like he was at the point where he was just afraid to even shoot, and then just something snapped and he just like you know got back to normal. Draymond obviously yeah obviously not to the extent LeBron he just needs a snap moment where he just learns how to play basketball effectively again. And is like he's giving up like one point two one point two point four points possession when he's guarding people. Not that I even know what the hell that stupid stat is, but he's not he's not playing great defense. His stat line was like two four and three last night, which is embarrassing, just absolutely embarrassing. Isaiah Isaiah Thomas was like that. Draymond Green puts that up in a grade school game, not the NBA Finals. Um, he just needs to if he if he can't figure it out, um, they're going out early. So I I. I think Boston wins tomorrow. Yeah, game five is tomorrow, I think, or tonight if you're listening. Uh, Friday morning. Uh, I think Boston will go up three one. I think Golden State grabs five, and then I think Boston will close it in six. Yep, that sticks sticks to your script. Um, okay, nothing to add there for me. Um, moving on to NHL half clappers. Uh, just want to touch on this quickly. All you people who were just already commissioning the bust of Connor McDavid, and I said, let's see him play somebody outside of outside of his division. Let's see him division. play. 
Drew, they go up against Colorado. How many games do you think they they beat Colorado in four? In Western... No, no, uh, they did not. They lo- they they beat zero. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man. They get swept, absolutely swept by Colorado. Whitewashed, whitewashed. Um, and you know what? They they had a level headed at the end. They were like, oh, this was a good step for us. We finally made some 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 breakthroughs. Okay, that's true. That's right. That's correct. But like, when you're a player, like that's like for like the fans and media and coach to say. Yeah. Like when you're a player and you get swept, I want you to be pissed off. Like you know what? It's not acceptable for us to just make the Western Conference Finals, and then like get flipped upside down and shuck, shaken up and down, and the other team to steal our lunch money. Like that's that's pathetic. Like especially if you're supposed to be already a top five player of all time. Like, win a game. Like, win one game. Um, so, you know, again, this is what separates the Two Beers podcast from every, everyone else. We don't just come on here and suck everyone off. Like, we hold these these players who are supposed to be great. We hold them to, to uh, the standards of greatness. At yes. least win a game. Like, you you washed through the like, the first couple rounds and like we're awesome. People were saying that you're the team of destiny, and then you go and, and win zero. So that's annoying. Um, yeah, not but, good. But it was a good step. Like I said, they said all the all the things they said were correct, but that's not the attitude I like out of my players. Yeah, Conversely, on on the Eastern Conference side, um, Truba's still doing his thing for what the Rangers. Sweat. They go down and. Um, uh, three. They 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 go down three to two. Tampa Bay takes a three two lead here. They scored late in in the third tonight to take a three two lead in the series after be after the Rangers take the first two games. Other than the game we bet, I mean the games have been tight. Um, so uh, low scoring, tight checking. This is what playoff hockey actually looks like. They had almost a damn near line brawl at the end of the game tonight. I, I don't expect any any kind of suspensions or anything to come out of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see if Tampa Bay can close the show in Tampa. You know, the Rangers have been very good at home and, and you know, more 50-50 on the road. We'll see. And Vasilevsky in closeout games tends to shut people freaking down. So maybe we take the under on that one for the parlay. But, um that that's kind of what I'm looking at for the half clappers. That being said, moving right along, everybody's favorite moment in podcasting: the NASCAR pit stop. Love it. Ready? Um. Oh, that's my pound for pound notes. Um. Yes. Three, two, and go. Last week was the first ever race at Madison, Illinois, a.k.a. St. Louis. Really solid race. Ended with plenty of drama in overtime. Our pick, Ryan Blaney, was right there in position. But instead, he helped push his teammate to first. And Joey Logano takes the win. That sends us to minus 14 on the year. It's getting frustrating. Every week, we have somebody right there for the win, and it doesn't come through. So this week, it is Sonoma out in California wine country. Super fast road course. Road course, always a crowd pleaser. It's fun to watch. We're going with Chase Elliott, plus 550. Kyle Larson, plus 650. Truex, plus 900. And Austin Sindrick, plus 1400. That's who we're going with. Sweet. Let's roll. All right. Parlay. 
Parlay, 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 parlay. Um, I I have a couple things in mind, but what do you what do you like? Uh, I like uh, Erlanga. Nah, nah, we're not we're not gonna bet that nonsense. Although, really, you want to take? I mean, we can. Let's throw that in there as the third. Yeah, I'm just trying to find this spread for. I, I can't imagine if this guy derails his whole career. Yeah, Boston. I'm I'm gonna take Boston. They're minus four tomorrow night. Okay. I like Boston. I was gonna say we we should we I I wouldn't even mind teasing that up to like eight. But well, I, I don't, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna take Berlanga. We're gonna take the Celtics. What else? What else you want? Um, I'm thinking the under in the hockey game just because like Roll I said. Ber- Vasilevsky tends to shut people out in closeout games. Tonight was one-one, and then um, ends up being three-one. Um, so it still hit the under. Um, Is that Saturday? We... Game seven or game six? Uh, probably because that has the travel day in there. Yeah. Um. So do we want to do uh, the boxing and Berlanga, or do, it do we want to do it all? Do it all. Do, do all it three. all. All three. Okay, so that three banger we we lost last week, and I think it was my fault. Um, Probably. Um. So that's what we're gonna do. All right. By order of the Two Beers Podcast. Damn it! I, why does it turn into something weird? Come on, get your British accent down. You're like you're like Paul Rudd when you're. Uh, it's always <laughs> hello, governor. <laughs> uh. The Peaky Blinders. All right, finish your damn beer. That's what I'm trying to say. Hold Let's on. Let's roll. All right. Assume positions for beer number two. Three, two, one. I got a Trogues Field Study IPA. I've been on an IPA kick, if anybody hasn't noticed. Goodness Kick gracious. Em. Kick them. Um, what are you drinking, Drew? My last uh, Santa. I know him. I know him. What type of beer is that? Is that a is that a stout? No, it's an IPA. Okay. You sit on a throne of lies. Hell yeah. Um. Okay. So we watched the first seven episodes of Stranger Things, Volume Four. Volume Four. So or sorry, we, season four, volume one. Season four, volume one. So we're going to review that. Can Drew, I? Uh, yes, go for it. Well, I, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try something. We're gonna see if it works here. So, really, the the seasons got three different storylines running. We have. So let's let's take the storylines. Talk about what we like, what we didn't like. Sound good? Yeah. So quick quick highlights of the three storylines. We have Hopper, the worst kept secret for the last three years. Hopper's alive. Spoiler alert. Hopper's mm. Hopper survived the uh the evaporation explosion. Um he oh, is no. he is imprisoned in Russia and Joyce and Mur it's Murray, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joyce and Mur- I, I, I never, I always think I'm getting his name wrong. 
Joyce and Murray are they get a they get a message from a guard, a corrupt guard that he's alive and there's a ransom to go get him. So they hop on a pl- they hop on a plane and fly out to Russia to go save Hopper. So that's storyline number one. Storyline number two, you have Eleven is out in California. It's, uh, you know, Eleven um, went out with the buyers to California after at the end of season three, um, with everyone thinking Hopper had died. Uh, she, her and Will are going to school there, and she's getting bullied. Um, you know, she has she freaks out, hits some chick with a skate, and now she is trying to. She is back with the scientists from the Hawkins lab at some underground lair, including Papa, to try to get her powers back for some reason that they have not made. The Nina project. Yeah, they have not specifically told her why, but it's just they've obviously said to save the world. But so they want her to get her get her powers back. The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. And then we have the Hawkins storyline where there is a new monster. Just when you thought... New, 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 new world order. <laughs> just when you thought they couldn't get any crazier than the uh, the, 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 the Mind Flare uh, minion that was <laughs> terrorizing Hawkins in Season 3. The, uh, the love child of Swamp Thing and Freddy Krueger, Vecna, has made his appearance here in Season 3. Uh, he, he is basically, uh, invading the minds of teenagers and I guess killing them would be putting it lightly, uh, killing them by basically snapping all of their bones and sucking their eyeballs out. So pretty crazy stuff. Lovely. And while that, so that, that's, that's what's happening in Hawkins and you have, our normal crew of uh, Hawkins, Hawkins teens and uh, teen boppers trying to figure out what's going on in, in the Upside Down. What's going on oh, in the... Drew, you, oh, you just hit mute for a second. Yeah, I coughed. Thanks for ruining oh, the flow. Oh. I, I <laughs> should have just coughed anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, they're trying to figure out what's they're trying to make the connections between the upside down, what's going on in their own lives, and how to kind of put a stop to it. So those are our three storylines. I get I hit it on the head. Yeah, you did. All right, let's start with Joyce, Murray, and Hopper. Okay. So, little to elaborate just a little bit more on that. Uh, Hopper, a guard, basically is gonna a, a corrupt guard is gonna for for forty. That's so funny. Forty thousand American dollars. That's the price. Yeah, right. It's like nothing. <laughs> um, in the eighties, that's like a whole four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, which is no, it's not a good point because it's still it's like that's that's what it takes to to betray your country, like four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, is he really became betraying his country? Yeah. Well, anyway, so. He's he's gonna give Hopper the opportunity to escape. He's got a pilot set up. Joyce and Murray, uh, after they figure out that it's a guard, they fly out there. Uh, the the pilot double crosses them, turns in the guard. He's gonna bring the American Murray and Joyce to the uh, the Russian prison. 
because the KGB is still trying to figure out what Hopper, Joyce, and Murray, how they uh, stumbled upon their plans um, in the underground lair of the mall in Hopkins to open the doorway to the Upside Down. Um, they, uh, the, the, the pilot betrays them. They pull a fast one on him. They get, they get to the prison and, uh, they get there as, as Hopper and some prisoners are about to fight a Demogorgon that you saw at the after credits of season three. The Russians got one of those things. And that story. Yeah, how, how did they do that? We still don't know. <laughs> okay. We still don't know. Uh, that, but, that was that was one of my picking nits. Yeah, but that wraps up. So that storyline wraps up in volume one with Hopper and the guard uh, finding uh, Joyce and Murray. So what did you? I was yeah, let's let's do that first. Any picking nits on that storyline? Oh, I've only yeah. got Pl- I've only Pl- got, well, I've only got one. Well, plenty of picking nits on that story. I think you you go first then because I've only How got could one. you only have one? I've um, only got one. Firstly, how does Hopper survive whatever that explosion that's is? My own, that's my only one. And then somehow, like, the Russians somehow are clandestine enough to sneak him out of America in, in, into Russia? I, I don't know. that. And if Indiana, of all places. It's not like it was Alaska where they have, like, a four-hour flight. Like, how did they get him out of freaking Indiana and then get him back to Russia? Yeah, I thought it was. I I, I just crazy. thought it was kind of lame. I think we when we talked about predictions at the end of last season, and we did it. You know, we talked about Hopper. It, it, like he, we thought he was going to jump through the opening, and somehow, right, and, so, and there was going to be a gate like somewhere, like a yeah. corresponding gate in Russia or something, and yeah. that's how they were going to get him. But he basically just like stopped, dropped, and rolled, <laughs> basically on and, like. Uh, practically a nuclear explosion. Yeah, and not only did he survive, but he regained consciousness enough to where the Russians got him out of there before the U.S. troops got in there, which was almost like simultaneously um, at the end of season three when when uh, when Murray and Joyce were running out of there. The who's who's uh, not Papa? Who's running that the the What's the guy the name? The Dr. doctor. Doctor Martin. Is it Doctor Martin? I thought Doctor Martin was Papa, so I don't know. No, they, I don't know. the guy, uh, the guy who's at the coffee shop with uh, with Eleven. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I know who you mean. Yeah, he's not Papa. Papa's the guy with the white hair from the first season they thought was dead who came back. Correct. I thought Papa's real name was Doctor Martin, but maybe that other guy's Doctor Martin. Either I don't e- either or, he gets the he gets the army to show up at the mall and. I guess they clear it all out. So the fact that all that happened so quickly, and to your point, yeah, like somehow they got out of there. Nobody found them. They were able to get him to Russia. Yeah, it, that was my only picking into that storyline. So you keep going. Um, so you didn't see anything wrong with the uh, the free fall plane crash, where the the plane is free falling and they just through the woods like all of three of them. I don't know, nah, you know, the, the, those, branch, those branches just soften the fall. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Aerodynamics. Um, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. see, Papa is Dr. Martin, so who's the other guy? That guy, he was on a famous sitcom. Yeah, I know. What the hell is his name? I'm well, like, you keep going. I'll find it. You keep – give me give me, give me, me any other nitpicks. Um, and then the third pick and nits on that uh, – Dr. Owens. Um, the third pick and nit was – 
um, that de- the demi the demi, yeah, it wasn't the demi dog. It was the demi gourd. Demi gourd. Yeah, thank you. Um, like number one, how do, how do you ca- and even I'm watching it with my wife. She goes, "How did they put that? How did they put that thing back in its cage?" I'm like, "I, I don't know." Like, <laughs> I, like it's it's obviously way more powerful than any group of ten men. So like. Uh, is there like some kind of supernatural tranquilizer that they put it down? Well, I guess they just open the door for it, and it gets it gets. I guess it just goes back in. Yeah, right. And then, but like, if it's that powerful, like, why is it not climbing out? Uh, that's the other part. I yeah, don't get. it's a good point. I, I, not, I, that I didn't think about. There, so there wasn't. Call. It's not like there was a roof. Like there was like a couple bars. Like yeah, the thing could clearly jump up and grab it and like pull vault its way out of there. Like it was not that deep of a pit yeah we'll, we'll probably figure uh, we'll, we'll see if they explain like there was that. like a net and it's like oh, okay the net the net is really holding that thing back <laughs> fair you're you're not you're not wrong there i mean and again it, I'm, I'm i'm i probably sound a little bit aggressive but like no that's it's, 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 it's not that's it's true. not that yeah no but it wasn't it wasn't it's not, it didn't ruin it for me i was just kind of like that's weird okay uh, yeah, I only had the one. What uh, what were your favorite parts about the that storyline? Murray, everything Murray was doing was cracking me up. It's amazing. Especially the risotto. Is it the risotto? <laughs> and I, the sense, fact I, I, I sense tension. Is it the risotto? Um, but it's uh, and also him being like a black belt is just cracking me up. Him too. on the plate, like, yeah, yeah. Him actually it's... deploying his black belt skills also is cracking me up nonstop. The I uh. And I'm gonna jump in when we have the same ones because we'll get it out of the way. But yeah, when he's when they're in the plane, and Joyce is like, "Yeah, you just you gotta you get the upper hand on him. You know you know karate. You're a black belt." And he's like, he's like, "Yeah, Joyce, I'll just I'll just take overtake him." She's like, "Is black not the highest color?" And then he goes on. It was a very uh, I know you didn't watch Seinfeld, but it was a very Seinfeld moment with Kramer Kramer's training karate. He's fighting like little eleven year olds, and he's like. (laughs) He's like, I haven't actually done it yet. I've only only in class with the students. How old? Well, it's it's no younger than thirteen, except for <laughs> except for Jeremiah who turns sixteen. His birthday's in a week. Jeremiah is a ferocious fight. <laughs> and then he and then he and then he talks himself into why because he beat this fifteen and a half year old kid that he can he can accomplish this. It was so amazing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, just give me, give me all the Murray we can give me. Um, Hopper somehow fighting his way out of and then being recaptured. Like when they got recaptured, I was very annoyed, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's probably actually realistic though, so I, yeah. I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought it was funny how like there's just these like boxes of smuggled peanut butter. Yeah, the peanut butter smuggler. Yeah, um, I don't have anything else. Um, and I, I, I liked the, uh, I liked how they, they, they switched the roles and they basically Murray, Murray was pretending to be Yuri in the. Uh, that was a good. Yeah, because he just got to be this. He just got to be. He got to turn his obnoxiousness up to like eleven, which was just great. Yep. So, yeah, that was that was that was fun. Um, I mean Hopper, I just. The more I've rewatched the show, man, Hopper's Hopper may end up being one of my all-time favorite TV show characters. Wow, wow! I I just love him. I, I he, he's does. so gritty. 
he is, man. When he's when he's sitting there, he tells the guy. Well, I guess that could have been a pick and nit. How uh, his foot didn't have to get cut off after that dude huh. I guess, broke his ankle, and he's walking around and riding jet skis. Uh, yeah, I said that to to Katie, my wife. As soon as uh, that they start fighting that thing, I was like, shouldn't he be like brutally like injured with and like no energy left between just snapping his ankle and just getting the shit kicked out of him for like four episodes <laughs> yeah yeah you'd think and not not even getting his bread and soup from the day before yeah exactly yeah um where do you where do you see that part of the story going here in volume two um so we when we left them that the demi gorgon is is trapped they they are like in the midst of escaping so how what's the plan to get back to america there is no plan okay so i presume that they're gonna have some kind of adventure to get back to america uh at which point um i think that basically hopper will provide some kind of emotional lift for for 11 is is i guess where they're gonna go with it I, okay. I haven't I have an ultimate crescendo prediction, but uh, I'll I'll save it for okay, after we yeah. cover the three the three storylines. Yeah, the, your three storyline approach is a good one because I was kind of going to take my prediction in, in a similar similar uh, direction here. So, um, what what do you think is going to happen here? Um, based and I mean I'm cheating just based on the 30 second trailer they showed at the end of. Did you watch the the quick like? No, I, for, no, I did not. No. Yeah, they they showed a quick thirty second um, trailer for volume two, um, at the end of uh, the season, and uh, it does appear that there is a bunch of other demons that the Russians have that they're oh wow that they have like in cages and things beautiful <laughs> and tanks. So my guess is that Hopper like they're it's going to be one of those they're going to escape and then they stumble upon the some you know the grand scheme of what the Russians are doing and they of course risk their lives to try to make sure that these so, are the- Okay, so that's a good point because as it was revealed like the original gate that it was opened was actually L's doing. Yeah. Uh, like Well, all of them my- all they were yeah, the both the 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 first two gates were her doing. Well, regardless, it, I I always wondered like what the Russian involvement was, and that was one of the things I brought up in the preview. But like, now that we know that like L opened the gates, like, what do the Russians have to do with any of this? Like, just the fact that like this existed in the U.S. and they wanted to like control the like a quote unquote weapon for themselves as part of the Cold War. Like, is that the I don't is know that, if is that the entirety of it. Like, I don't. We'd have. We probably have to Google it. I don't know if that's ever actually gotten fully. It uh, hasn't. Yeah, fully explained. That, that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. are they going to explain it here at the end? Well, yeah. I guess they have one more season. But like, what, they what, some. What they, do the Russians have to? Yeah, I don't know. Everything isn't about Nom, man. What's <laughs> Nom? <laughs> it's uh, like, what do the Russians have to do? Just because it's the '80s, you just threw the Russians in there. I guess. I don't know. Um, I was gonna Google Russian, right? Russian. Let's see, involvement, (laughs) stranger. Yeah, it's not gonna be there. Things. But what else is your? uh... Um. 
they attempt to open the gate. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, so that that puts a put put a bow on that. Uh, let's let's do the eleven storyline. So eleven, um, like I said, she's she went out with the uh, the buyers, uh, living out in Cali, living that good old life. Um, long distance relationship ended up with Mike. Turns out, you know, she's you know she's getting bullied uh by these prissy girls and guys you know the cool kids i guess in uh in school will's got some pat or will's you know supposed to be her buddy he's got some passive aggressive hatred towards her right now which is odd and um it that it's spring it's spring break is is about to hit as the the season starts and so mike is coming out to california to visit her and will so she's just been giving him this elaborate this elaborate story that she's fitting in great. She's got friends, and you know these friends are actually the people that are bullying her. So he comes out. They end up at this skating rink. Uh, the group of kids that bullies her just fully embarrass her in front of uh, in front of Mike and Will uh, to the point where she just absolutely snaps. Probably best part of the whole season. She grabs her she grabs a roller skate and just wax this chick right oh, in the that, face. That, that was so satisfying. She had it coming, man. She deserved it. Uh cracked her skull open. Or not her skull, but cracked her face open. And uh <laughs> she said then I think they go home. She eventually is then taken by the police, uh and who then she is then taken by Dr. Owens's people. Uh and Owens gives her the speed you know it, it's a great scene in the coffee shop where he basically goes Listen, I'm I'm a uh, I I've seen something that I've been afraid is coming for a long time, and I believe you're the only one that can stop it. So, do you want to get your powers back? And they have this underground lair. I don't think we exactly know where it is. We know the coordinates, but I don't know that they actually have it pinpointed. And you find out that uh, Papa, who I guess is Doctor Martin, is that what you were yep. saying? Yep, yep. He actually is still alive because that was teased in season two. When her sister eight, well sister, but you know what I mean. When eight yeah. uh, was tracking down different employees that worked, former employees that worked for the uh, yeah the power plant, well the cover power plant, and the that one guard said he was still alive. So uh, and that is now confirmed that he is, and they are basically trying to run. They're trying to get L her powers back by having her rechannel suppressed memories from yep. when she was younger. Uh and basically she was getting bullied by, you know, 2 through 10, I guess. The, basically the kids at the uh you know, the science lab and to the point where in the very first scene of the season, it's a it it takes place at the old Hawkins lab and there's a big uh a big emergency all the sirens are going off and uh it's ele- 11s just basically amongst the bodies uh, the bodies of like eight kids who have been completely snapped in half and Murder. their eyes yeah and their eyes are all bleeding so and then she's also got her I got the bleeding eyes um so she eventually again so she keeps she keeps getting the I, I don't however they're doing it they're oh because they videotaped everything so they're yeah. like putting ever they're basically replaying these memories for her and you know 
they finally they they don't have time to mess around anymore so they go to the main one where she there's a random a random uh aide that's working at the the lab who befriends her um but lo and behold he does that because he is the original number he's number one number one oh oh one oh oh one or something like that yeah and he's he was he was so out of control that they put a chip in his neck to suppress his powers so he tricks obviously that's how it works yeah obviously Uh. (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) quick get the chip that we developed for this thing that we have no idea what it is so he 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 befriends her and is going to is going to try to help her escape, uh, knowing that she'll feel bad and try to bring him with her. So she gets the chip out with her uh, telekinetic powers, and he it turns out he's actually the one that murdered all the kids and was trying to go. So I, that I'll part of I'll her memory leave. is like yeah re- like revived because she thought she did it, but really it was him. Yeah, and so I will leave that story there because we'll. We'll we'll bring it all together here at the end of the next one. As to who that is, yeah. Um, picking nets. I don't think I have any on on this storyline. My uh, well, I joke. Yeah, well, I joked with you. My only my only picking nets was uh, these cops pick up this thirteen uh, year old girl and are questioning her without an attorney, and that's like, is that gonna stick? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, violated every one of her. Of her, of her, right. civil, her civil rights. It's like, what's going on? Because at first I was like, oh, well, they're not real cops. They're working for, um, you know, they're working for for Owens' group. But they weren't. They actually were real cops. I was like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. Like, over, over, over a, a you know, a fight at a roller rink, rink, rinkorama. I'm like, come on, that's a little, uh, that's a little silly. No, I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was interesting how they went back. Technology is awesome. Like how they were able to get her to be a little girl again with like, however they CGI that. I'm not going to lie. It took me a long time to realize that like those memories, I thought, I thought she was like reliving it again. And I was like, wait, what? I I, like was struggling to put it together. And my wife was like, yeah, those are the memories. Like she's a little girl in those, and I was like, I thought sometimes she still looked like she was older. Was it like, went oh, back crap. and forth. Oh, it went back and forth. I know that. That's why. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but like the past year when shows go back and forth, like something's going on. Like I like have a stroke and I like can't figure <laughs> out what which one's the real timeline. Yeah. Well, I thought the I thought the technology was just cool. Like it was like I was, you're, you're probably right. I. Now, when when it was the um, uh, number one standing next to her, they did a good job of showing how small she was compared to him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was like, oh, well, that's more obvious. Like, that helps. But, like, prior to that is where I was just, like, again, being a moron about it. Yeah, and I was trying to even um, – I was trying to see. I was like, are they, are they like – overriding any of the history of the show that we know and i think they did a good job of like introducing new stories oh, yeah, no, from, from, i, I yeah. don't think there's any continuity issues yeah i think i think it, i think it all plays plays well um what else did i really like uh i thought the diner scene was really cool i thought the music the build up like uh 
you know, okay. where he's, uh, that was great. I'm trying to think anything else with that storyline. No, I, mean, this, I the think it's just a good story. I thought it was cool. Um, everything about how, well, are we going to give the ultimate spoiler away? Of well, we'll do it at the end. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll wrap that up when we go, go to the next one. Go for so. it. But I, I thought that was all put together well. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. So, okay. Go ahead, third line. All right, so now we're back at Hawkins. So we got uh, our, our, like I said, our team boppers now. We got Mike, Dustin, uh, Max, and why do I always forget? Um, the two girls? No, 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 no. The 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 kids first. I'm trying to do Dustin, Max, Max, Max is his her boyfriend. Um. Oh. Um. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> now, now you got. Now you got. Why do I? Why do I always? Why do I always? Anyway, keep going. Uh, forget his name. Um. Uh, well, no. It's it's it, it's. I can't keep going. That's crucial. I gotta. I gotta look it up real quick. Lucas. Um, Lucas. Oh, because it's a stupid name. So. <laughs> Shout out to all the Lucases listening right now with your um, stupid Lucas name. So Lucas, yeah. So you can t- you can tell the very first scene that Max is, um, she's you know struggling after having watched B- Billy, her stepbrother, die. She's doing her own thing, rock walking around with headphones by herself. Uh, Lucas is trying to become one of the cool kids with, through sports. He is on the varsity basketball team which is playing about the play of the championship game um and then dustin and uh mike are now part of a dungeon and dragons club hellfire club in high school led by um is it steve no not steve what's this guy's name eddie eddie munson yeah eddie eddie munson is uh is the leader. He's like a, a third year, a third year high school senior <laughs> um, who's rocking Dungeon and Dragon. So that's, that's what they're doing. And then we have uh, Nancy. She is, it's her senior year. So she's uh, the editor of the paper um, for, uh, for Hawkins high and uh, Steve who already graduated is still working at the video store uh, and him and Robin clearly are still, uh, still, uh, still tight since he's like driving her to school and she's still at high school. So that's where they are when we start. Uh, like we said at the beginning, uh, Freddy, Freddy Swamp Thing, uh, is, uh, basically this freaky, freaky demon who, um, is entering, I guess he's getting connected. I, I don't know if it's the Mind Flare, but like, Basically, these vines are like running through him that interconnects him to the upside down, or to the upside down, and then uh, gives him the kin- the kinetic the, the the kinetic uh, is it kinesis? Is that what I call it? I'm gonna call it kinesis. Telekinesis to to basically invade the minds of of teenagers, and it starts with the the head cheerleader, um, and he's targeting people that have had trauma in their lives. Um, and making them relive that before he uh, he ends up murdering them, so that's he. So that's kind of the story. And again, they're you know, it first started the she the the cheerleader gets killed in the Dungeon and Dragon leader guy's uh, trailer, which is across literally across the street from Max's trailer, and so he's on the run. 
they're trying to figure out what's going on. And as it's happening, you know, every, you know, uh, Vecna keeps picking off more, more teens. They trace it back to a similar occurrence that happened with, uh, a man named Victor Creel back in the late fifties, who was accused of murdering his entire family and the victims the had the same, the same type of death where their bones were snapped and their eyes were, were gouged out. So Nancy and Robin go to tr- go to try to talk to Victor to get the story. Cause they believe him that something had that, that a, he's locked up in a mental institute in solitary confinement. Yeah. And they, they talked their way into getting a one-on-one interview with this guy, which was just, Great, great scene. Yeah. Uh, Steve's babysitting, uh, you know, as he keeps calling it. He's babysitting Mike, Mike and uh, Mike, Dustin and Max. Uh, Max, her mind has been invaded by Vecna. And it, it all that story. And then Lucas, after they win, he hits the game winning jump shot. Uh, shout out to and he He wore number eight for Kobe, by the way. So shout out to him. Um, he is with the basketball team searching out for uh, Eddie, the Dungeon and Dragon leader, or so you think, to try to, they're trying to hunt him down because they think that he murdered um, the captain of the cheerleading team. And their stories all come together when Max realizes that she's up next and only has a day to live. And they find out, they figure out through Victor that music, that music somehow is could can possibly save you from yep. getting your mind taken over. So best I guess the best the best sequence in the series when Max is her mind's invaded, she's running away from Vecna in the upside down or whatever wherever it is that you go when he gets in your head. And as he's got her like trapped, they put her they figure it out and they put her headphones on and listen to that. Uh, yeah, that song and uh running up the hill hill. and like she like she levitates in the air and it's she's got the eyes and uh you know she eventually is able to escape um and so now it's just a race against time is to try they're trying to figure out what why why is vecna just randomly killing people what's his motive um how does that you know how can how can they keep eddie out of harm's way since they know he's innocent and uh the whole town the this <laughs> the captain of the basketball team is just so great he's like yeah, he, ridiculous he's so great how like every situation he starts like talking like it's this pep he's, he's at he's at a funeral he's at a town hall meeting he's like rallying he's like rallying these troops like it's like for a big sporting event it's just absolutely yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous um but it's just it's just what's so great about the show so um that story comes to the, the end of that story is they figure out that uh, snap that Vecna as he's as he's killing people he's opening snack size gates um, to the upside down and one of them is under a lake and Steve Steve Nancy Robin and Eddie um, end up going in, through the gate Steve gets pulled through and they go in to save him. Um, and they're roaming the upside down, trying to uh, find guns to go to go kill Vecna in the upside down. Um, and they find they figure again they figure out that wherever he's killed somebody, there's a gate. So they go back to Eddie's trailer. 
to get back to the real world. Uh, uh, yeah, Dustin, Dustin, Lucas, and Max find or and Lucas's uh, awesome sister. They're there to get them out, and as as one by one as they get out, Nancy's about to go, and as she's about to jump through, she falls into a completely different trance, and now Vecna's got her, and he goes basically goes through this whole story and you know explains who he is and you now find out that and so here's the spoiler simultaneously as this going on is going on 11 is reliving the end of her memory where she you know she takes the chip out of one's neck and he just starts killing people and it turns out that Vecna is one and Vecna was the son of Victor Creel and he had these powers and he messed with his family and he ended up killing his mother because she suspected him of being um, you know having having these weird powers and was going to have him committed to a hospital so he kills her the sister is going to kill the dad until again the music this is a whole big synopsis i can't i well i'm trying to get through it uh it's just so much going on but yeah anyway and and at the end of the day they're the same person and it turns out that 11 uh they had a they when they had when they she had a show they had a kerfuffle with one and she ended up opening a gate and pushed him through there and that's how he got to the upside down i like the scene where dusty bun puts two and two together of how the gates are opening that that was a good scene i like that um i like the scene with, with the light one, with the light bright hold, all all that stuff was good but yeah. even the scene even the scene of like um where he was just putting two and two together and they were like what are you talking about that was good um i liked the um kids gotta get his ego in check yeah kids gotta get his ego in check that was funny it's his tone right um, I liked the uh, showdown with one and eleven. So that good. Was, that was one of the things I said when I uh, coming into the season, where I was like, okay, like they kind of have to like show the origins of this and like how Elle's gonna get her powers back. And sure enough, here we are. Um, so I enjoyed I enjoyed all that. I thought that was good. Um, but. Uh, so I, sorry, I, I know I cut off your your your. your no, that was it. I, I I didn't mean to keep going on and on, but that's like the the longest one that we got. Yeah, and I mean, for goodness' sake, every episode is a damn hour and a half. So it like, needed it needed excuse, to be excuse excuse the synopsis. Like it it's, needed it's, to, and they it's needed like nine to hours of what of what we just boiled down into like seven minutes. Yeah, so, it needed to be though. Um, yeah, yeah, I uh, so. Yeah, every everything Dustin and Steve. I need more Dustin and Steve. Like they're just the two of them, man. It's just they're they're bromance. Yeah, so just... the highlights of, of all three have been and Dustin and Murray. Like they've been so good. And I, I've even though it's kind of like it's kind of tailor made. Like Robin's like just her being so neurotic is like I could see where people would find it annoying, but I I kind of. It's made for you to love it, and I, I, I admit, I, I do love it. Like she's. Oh, I do too. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Oh yeah, she's great. The, I, I don't, I don't get everybody going nuts over Eddie. 
he's like this new like the new like hero everyone like loves him a mike yeah no i was like yeah he was okay he was fine sure um Again, Steve was great. I, I don't really. I, I, Steve was like ripped, and like he like, ripped those bats apart. That was crazy. When did Steve get so hairy? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else was great? Did they even, come to think of it, did they even show Mike in the uh, Mike and Will in the final episode? Um, with Susie Pooh. I don't. I don't know if that was the final episode, or the episode before, but that I didn't want to go on another tangent. But real quick, the other storyline is now Mike. Mike will. Um, what's Will's brother's name? Um, some of the J. Uh, uh, Jared is it? Jared Byers? No. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, they are trying to find where they took eleven, and they. They go to you see you see Susie in they go to her house in Utah because she's basically a computer hacker in the eighties. I don't understand how they went from California to Utah like it was nothing. I I don't know, man. I mean, you know, they were like, "Oh, she's in Utah. Let's go." And then it's just like, okay, you didn't say like she was on this street in Salt Lake City. Like they just said like <laughs> she's in Utah. Yeah, he found it. Um and and that's you just she she hacks the computer code and so they're they now know where to go find her, so um, the only it was all great. I thought Vecna was great. I thought every and I, it, I thank God I was able to sleep because uh, Kruger's like my all time like terrifying thing I can ever get over. Guy used to scare the shit out of me for years. Um, but uh, I thought all that was really well done. Uh, you know the Mac stuff was great. Um, I like like great the whole... Photoshop by you and great meme by you to yes. show when Max when they put the. Um, I thought it was a missed opportunity though. Opportunity though, I thought they could have had Dusty Bun singing a song to her. Yeah. And bring her back, but they they put the Walkman on her to bring her back. Obviously, she was listening to the Two Beers podcast as per your meme. Obviously, obviously. Um, um, my only picking nit about that storyline was which this is probably the only continuity inconsistency um in the season is that the upside down is supposed to be like heavily toxic and like was in season one and like season two like like when remember when hopper was just under underground in the tunnel that was somewhat connected to the under to the upside down um and did the th- the four the four of them were just like walking around riding bikes and uh playing you know um playing hopscotch with like not even with uh you know a shirt tied around their mouth so they're breathing in like the toxins so i guess that's like not a thing anymore oh yeah i, I didn't even think about that yeah yeah so cuz i the first i'm like oh i guess steve's going to die cuz he got bit by the bats um but then i was like oh like Nobody, these guys, they're not doing anything in this toxic environment. Like, okay, cool. I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Um. All right. So if you're ready, are we, we going to talk about predictions for the final yeah, two? Yeah, do it. Go, man. Okay. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know about final predictions, but obviously, I think obviously, they're going to beat Vecna and set up the final showdown as they – as Dusty Bun laid out there, like he's probably the the top 
the five-star general. Right, for the Mind Flayer. So um, I think they end up beating Vecna and to set up the final showdown with the Mind Flayer. I, I think that this is culminating in all of these storylines coming together with the ultimate theme of love. And I think that what Ella is going to have to fight Vecna, and I think that they play so much on the emotion of fear and, like, how she uses that fear to, like, push to the next level. And I think that she's going to have to use the emotion of love to push to the next level. So I think that's the way I would do it. I don't know if they are going to do it this way, but the way I would do it is I would have all of these storylines crescendo into one, like, montage hmm. in one scene where it's, like, because you know, Mike and L. L got so annoyed with Mike with all of his letters said from Mike from 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 I thought that was so well written and yeah. so well done and he wouldn't say love obviously cuz you're teenagers you don't put love and that's like hard to do and say and all that stuff so Well like, he said it to her he said it to her first in season 3 so that's why it was like oh she she thinks that he doesn't love her anymore because she doesn't have her powers Right exactly so I think she's going to break through to like a new level of powers when she realizes that, that when she knows that she has Mike's love. And I, I think that's a thing. Uh, is Susie Pooh on the adventure with them now? I don't know. Cause I don't think, I don't think we saw them after her house. Uh, I would love if, if they're, I don't there. think she will be, I don't think she will be either, but I think it would be cool if they wrote it so that Dustin and Susie Pooh could kind of, be together and i hope they sing a duet to save the world <laughs> um that would be amazing and that would be like a love aspect and then even like um uh uh what's his name and and um uh, wheeler wheel uh nancy nancy and uh I, I was the guy who was ripped all of a sudden steve steve yeah Nancy, and so that's, like, a connection that needs to be brought back together. Eh, I didn't like that. I like her and Jonathan better. Lucas and Max. Um, but even, like, uh, so, like, Hopper and, like, Elle. And so I think even, like, some parent stuff and, like, Joy Joyce and Hopper, obviously. But, like, Joyce and Jonathan reconnecting. And I, Hopper. I think even, like, Will and... Uh, no, no, like Jonathan and Joyce, like like mother. Son. Oh, gotcha, like, I think gotcha, like gotcha. different types of love and different types of relationships. Okay. And so even like, um, oh, I forget which one I was going to say next. Um, but oh, like Will, like reconnecting with Mike, even I think like as best friends, like best friends. As he yeah, I think like, I think you're still off on that one, but let's not open that can of worms. <laughs> but I think. Um, the way I would write it is that, like, again, like, all these relationships would kind of crescendo at the same time and in a way that only Stranger Things knows how to do. And that pushes L to just, like, save everyone and just, like, explode freaking uh, Vecna. That's that would be that's the way I would do it. So, so you think that's how season four ends? I don't I think it's too much to accomplish all at once, but I think it's something like with with, these... with basically two four hour episodes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's, 
there's so many love angles though all mm. at once so i don't know how many of them actually reconcile but if it was me i'd have them all reconcile at once and then l blow up vecna that's what, <laughs> that's what i would do yeah um so i think that vecna survives the season i think wow i think that somehow he um He's, I don't think he does. I, 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 I think that he does and season five, because season five is the last season. Right. So I think that that will then be the ultimate showdown with the mind flare. Because I mean, never, it's never really been the mind flare anywhere. You just see, like, flashes of him. He's like the giant spider thing, right? Uh, I is, guess. That's, that's the thing that uh, Will kept drawing, right? Yeah. So... Um, I think somehow Vecna takes control of Eleven's mind and that's how the season will end. And it's like going to be Eleven and Vecna versus humanity, humankind. But then what you just said is eventually what brings her back and then they end up winning. But I do think that season four will end because they've never ended a season with the good guys losing. And so I think that going into the final season that they're going to do that so that there's some satisfaction in the final season when they end up winning because everybody loves each other, like you just said. Um, okay. And I do think that – and it's going to suck. I, I don't know if they have the balls to do it, but I just – I got to think it's going to happen. I think Steve's going to die at the end of the season. Steve – yeah, that – I could see that from the bites. He's he's he's, he's he's toast. Like I know they killed Billy, but like, ah, eh, I mean, who cares? Like, like Billy wasn't part of the part of the group. Like Steve is like you know, and then yeah. that just will destroy Dusty Bun. That's my prediction okay. for the end of season uh, season four. And again, I still don't know how the Russians will tie into everything, but like yeah, I said, I, I don't either. I, they, honestly, I feel like that's not going to be addressed. I feel like it's kind of like implied like eighties, Russia, duh. I feel like that's kind of like, they're just what they're going to lean on. Yes. So yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that, that's I got nothing else on it. This series has been great. We've again, 2022 has been spoiling us all these shows. Um, you got anything else to say on that? No, it's been uh, as I really like to see. I was I thought you would, I didn't think you'd uh, you'd like the whole Vecna angle, like that he was like he was one and all that stuff. But so I'm glad that didn't uh, deter I, you. Yeah, I mean, I, like about halfway through his story there in the in that episode seven i was like i bet this guy ends up being vector this is just like too much right okay yeah so which leads us to the the show that comes out well we're, we're recording late night so it's out now but it, you know it's it's uh if you're listening to this it's out Cigarette. The cigarette drags. Oh, so good. On the wild side, across the tracks, the red right hand, 
the Peaky Blinders. Oh my gosh. Can't wait. Final season. Another another favorite of ours is Sunsetting. Ugh. Um, we, we finish season... This is going to be season six. We finish season five. Rise of Fascism. Uh, that's the boxing match that goes bad. Um, it's the whole plot of... Uh, Abarama Gold ends up getting stabbed a bunch of times. It goes sideways. They can't Brutal. figure out who the rat is. Um, and that's kind of where we're left coming into season six. Um, man, I there's again six episodes as per usual, um, and I'm assuming this is going to be all about basically the Peakies infiltrating the Nazis. Um, and it'd be, I, I don't know where the season's going to go though, because we all know what happens with the rise of Nazism. So like, where are they going to take this? I, I wonder, um, yeah. like what's the end game for this season? I wonder, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, Helen McCrory, Polly, uh, obviously she passed in between the actress passed in between seasons. She lost her battle with cancer. So they're going to have to write that character out. doesn't seem like that character is going to have a big role. Um, where do you see the season going, Drew? Like, what, what are your hopes and dreams, I guess? You know, I don't – well, my my hopes and dreams are, one, that Arthur just eventually gets to live in peace somehow. Yeah. Um, that Tommy puts a bullet right in Michael's head. As soon okay. as soon, sooner the better. Because uh, Michael, that was another that was another subplot in five that Michael basically uh, thinks he's gonna thinks he basically wants to be running the the entire family even after he uh, cost them millions of dollars in the stock market because he just wouldn't effing listen to me. <laughs> Great scene. Um, and yeah, I don't. I to your point, like I don't really know where it where it's going like to... it's not like they could have them assassinate like hitler, assassinate hitler. Like, yeah so it's like I, yeah so like i don't know how that's gonna play out but like that's really you know i, I feel like tommy's gonna die ultimately but they're doing a movie so i guess he can't in the, in this in this season um but yeah like i'd like i i want arthur to, to just find peace um again michael just needs to die as soon as possible his wife too is awesome. She was in the, in the Queen's Gambit. She's awful in this thing. So just put a bullet in her head too while you're at it, Tommy. Give me Alfie Solomon's. Yeah, I was gonna say let's uh, you know let's let's try to get as much Alfie uh, Tom Hardy in here as we as we absolutely can in our last uh, six. And I'm curious just to see how they if they even have her because I thought I thought they were gonna have they they had scenes filmed with Polly. I thought they were going to leave some of them in, but potentially she might not be in it at all, and it might be uh they wrote her off like to start season one, like to start yeah. the first episode. So I am curious to see how they they work that storyline. What about you? Yeah, um, well said with Arthur. Um, I kind of want to Tommy to ha just be able to breathe too, but like uh, that just I just don't see how that's going to happen, especially with. With Nazism, I, I feel like the way they're going to take it is he's a double agent and he's like a mole inside the 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 um, the Third Reich. And so I feel like he is going to 
Well, I guess it wouldn't be the Third Reich. I guess it was the Third Reich's in Germany from there in England. But regardless, um, I guess maybe that's an angle. So maybe does he get? Maybe it's one of those like Indiana Jones things where he gets close to Hitler and like comes back to, but then comes back to England. And maybe it's not so much about Hitler, but more of how they 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 stamp down fascism in England. So may maybe that's how it goes. So maybe they assassinate some big players like moxley or what was that guy was it moxley what was the guy's name mm. who stood up and gave the big speech i don't think it was moxley no i forget the guy's name but um i think what they're gonna end up doing is yeah that maybe that's it so maybe they uh actually i take that back that guy i which i've read he actually doesn't get murdered he actually goes on to live until like age 80 oh wow and and he's like he is like a politician in england into like the 1980s and like which is just strange that like someone who was like such a fascist ends up like becoming an elected official but <laughs> I, I i i don't quote me on that but i think that's i think that's what i read okay it feels like i should have that ready for this podcast but here yeah, we are that's nah if you want if you want accurate information this is not the podcast, podcast for you. you um yeah so i maybe tom that's probably what's going to happen is is the, the Shelbys are going to be instrumental into just choking out actual fascism in the country of England. Uh, obviously, he's Churchill's boy, and Churchill ain't having that shit. So, um, that's that's probably yeah. You know, give me give me give me give me, give me some more Churchill too while we're at it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's probably it. And it's just like Churchill ends up. The greatness of Churchill is basically on the shoulders of Tommy Shelby is maybe where they're going with it. That would be pretty. That would be pretty cool, right? If yeah. But nobody knows because it was like it was like a secret mission that nobody yeah. could ever know about. Well, cooperative or uh, sweet. Yeah, black op. Yeah. Let's do covert that. covert mission. Yeah, let's do that. Tommy Shelby basically sets up the 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 rise of the free world in the West. Hmm. Over Nazism, love it. God, there's just so much stuff. We still got, we still got Kenobi. Kenobi, I know. I'm, I haven't seen episode four yet. I haven't um, either. Oh, it's just it's so good. Everything is so good. So, so delicious. Yep. Um, I don't have anything else. I don't think there is anything else. Believe it or oh, what not. What what an episode! We covered so much ground. Yeah, we had to make up for Draw's uh, malfeasance last night, so we really brought it tonight. <laughs> um, eventually, it's going to be summertime, and all these things are going to be over, and we're going to have nothing but baseball, and we're going to be able to do like fun and creative stuff. But like, holy crap, they just there's been so much stuff to cover. Goodness gracious! Oh uh, man, and bro, the uh, knock on wood, but the boy, the boys, boys might be buzzing next weekend. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a good chance that the boys are going to be in the Hulu theater watch, watching uh, Better Be If. Maybe with a sign that says the house that Tio built. <laughs> like at the WWE <laughs> event. Yeah, for, for Who brings a sign to a boxing match? <laughs> uh, so good. Oh, gosh. So uh, good. All right, Drew, on that note, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses.